Hey everybody, I wanted to tell you about Anchor. It's what I'm using to make this podcast. I use it not only because it's free, but because it's easy. I can record and broadcast anything and everything right from my phone, or I can use a computer. It allows me to edit things, and it has everything I need just in one place. And not only that, you can make money from your podcasts. But what you have to do is you've got to go download the free Anchor app. Go to anchor.fm just to get started. And then send me a link. I want to hear your podcast. Hey everybody, this is West Virginia Overtime with Sam, and we are going over last night, October 21st, uh, 2019, in Cleveland's WWE Raw. Um, Sorry that this one is a little late. I uh, was watching my Patriots last night, and then this morning had some things to do, so I'm just now getting around to it this evening, and we'll post it as soon as possible. Uh, looking at the boys and girls soccer sectionals and putting up scores and everything. want to remind you guys that you can find those on West Virginia Overtime's Facebook page um, at Overtime WV's Twitter page. And we do have some pictures up on Instagram at WV Overtime. So let's get into uh, Raw. Raw opened up with Hell in a Cell. Um, and it opened up with Seth Rollins versus The Fiend and what happened in the cage, and then it jumped to what happened at the Firefly Funhouse, and it just kind of basically did a recap. Now, this recap that you're going to hear is going to be shorter than the one that we did about WV or WWE SmackDown last week. We're going to kind of just hit and miss what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, what we see is coming. But I also, at the very end, want to give you uh, some of what the dirt sheets and the... Um, Websites are saying about the gossip that has been happening and is going to happen because I want you guys to be hearing that Some of you follow it. Some of you don't um, So I just want to be able to give it to you here So raw opened up with their new opening showing the band plus uh, raw superstars it hasn't grown on me yet. I'm not real sure of the opening, but going to give it a chance. I want to watch it a couple more times and and actually see what it what I think of it. I think right now uh, the SmackDown opening's better, but maybe the Raw opening will, will grow on me. Just not really used to seeing a band into put into the credits. Uh, of course, they brought out a legend with Ric Flair to open the show. Uh, he definitely still has it. He's got his strut. He He's just got that attitude. A uh, little disappointed that WWE still feels like that they need to bring a lot of legends back to up those ratings and to get the older crowd 
back watching wrestling, but I understand why Ric Flair's there, because uh, they're getting ready to do Crown Jewel on Halloween night in Saudi Arabia, they're doing the Team Flair versus the Team Hogan, and they're wanting to kind of preview that, so Ric Flair, of course, came out and publicized the 10-man tag team uh, battle that's going on. And he needed to add one more person to his team player. Wasn't expecting this. I had heard that Drew McIntyre was coming back, but hadn't heard when. And so was a little shocked that it was him that was added to Team Flair. But I was even more surprised that they brought Ricochet out to take him on. I just assumed that they would bring a jobber out, let uh, Drew McIntyre just totally destroy him, and then kind of call it a day. Let him do a promo and get the crowd fired up and, and it'd just be over. So that was one surprise that, that I really wasn't ready for and I was excited by. They had a pretty good match um, with... Drew McIntyre's power versus uh, Ricochet's speed, it it was really thought out pretty well. Um, You kind of knew that Drew was going to go over because he wasn't going to lose his his first match back. But I I really felt that Ricochet come out still strong, and, and they really need to push these two. They've got something about them. Um, I've been saying that they need to push Drew McIntyre now for, I don't know, about a year, and it seems like they get him so far, and then they just job him out for four or five matches and just blow everything that they build up. So he's due a push. I hope and look for, on Halloween night, him to be one of the final two left in the ring and that him to really start getting a push. He could be the heel that they need on on Raw. Now, um, OC comes out and uh, they do a promo with him and AJ's doing the best he can, But AJ with Gallows and Anderson, I'm just really disappointed in them. When you go back and you watch them on YouTube, what they did in New Japan with the Bullet Club, they are nowhere near them. They are nowhere near as cocky. Um, The confidence that they have in those YouTube promos is just unreal. And I don't know whether WWE doesn't want them to have that, or maybe they just don't have an in them anymore. But just was kind of, I don't know, disappointed in that. I wonder if Gallows and Anderson should have even bothered signing that new contract. Maybe they should have went back to New Japan and found that it factor that they had. A little disappointed that WWE is is using them to kind of get the street profits over in their first match, uh, picking fights with them. That just doesn't seem something that the Bullet Club, the old Bullet Club, would do. Um, I don't know that the old Bullet Club would give the street profits even the time of day, even if the street profits said anything about them. So I'm, I'm just a little disappointed that they're even in this match. Um, I feel like the street profits haven't been built up enough to take on some one of the stature of Gallows and Anderson and AJ. Um, 
I wish they would have gave them, you know, two, three, four matches and let the Street Profits really build themselves up. I didn't watch NXT. I'm not even counting that. So, so don't write me at uh, West or WV Overtime at gmail.com. Don't don't start complaining to me about the Street Profits in NXT because I didn't watch NXT. That is a developmental league. They now have a TV show on USA. I'll watch them on and off, and we'll see if NXT can take a place in my viewing schedule or on my DVR, but always before, I didn't bother with NXT. That was a developmental league that I just didn't want to waste my time on. Um, as far as Aleister Black, that's the same thing. You know, Aleister Black, when I watch YouTube videos of him in NXT, he was so um, powerful, so uh, arrogant, so more sinister. And I really enjoyed him. And then he come up to WWE, got paired with Ricochet. I didn't know whether he was a good guy or a bad guy. And so... Watching NXT and then seeing them come to a main show has really been a letdown. So when Aleister Black um, started doing his promo, I was like, let him be himself. Uh, he has the tattoos on his body. He believes a certain way. When you hear him in interviews on different podcasts, and he is being himself, he has this it factor, he has this dark mystery, and the things that he believes, and what his tattoos stand for, and everything, let him be that, I wish WWE would just absolutely quit scripting him, Uh, his opening segment when he comes out is something that brings me back to The Undertaker. His music, how he pops up, how he walks to the ring. He has this mysterious, dark energy. And and I really like it. And he gets in the ring. He's so quick. He's poised. Um, he just destroys people. WWE just needs to let him be him. He's going to get over. He's that goth kind of character that's mysterious and dark. And he's going to get over. Let him be himself in his promos, please. I love AEP's promos. Let's, Let's talk about AEP. I know they started off in the wrong foot when they brought them up and they brought them in with Drake Maverick and they kind of became a laughing stock and they luckily one of them got hurt and they got sent away and they can kind of restart. I love their promos where they're dressed up. They remind me of Breaking Bad characters and I really am liking their statement they're making. The issue is sooner or later they've got to do something. You know, eventually they've got to get up and they've got to prove who they are. So I like the slow build, but we need to have them attack somebody. Now, I don't know that that necessarily has to be at Raw. 
maybe we do it on Halloween night at Crown Jewel. We have them come in and just blow something up. Uh, they're talking about having this big tag team tournament. Maybe, maybe that's the place where they just totally destroy people. Because you've got to set them up somehow, some way, where they are the team. Because you've been giving them a slow build now this many weeks. And like I said, they really remind me of the Breaking Bad brothers that come in and, and just destroy people when they they mess up. So um, let, let's do it right. WWE, don't let me down. Uh, let AOP come in and just totally destroy people. Um, the Rusev Lana Lashley triangle. I feel like I've seen this before with other people. I feel like I've seen this um, not only in WWE, but TNA, uh, WCW. I feel like I see it in Ring of Honor. Um, they've got to do something different. I, I don't know what it is because I'm kind of going back and forth. Do I like this? Do I not? I feel like it came out of nowhere, you know, Rusev and Lana uh, just disappeared on us. We never really saw them have any kind of problems other than, what, a year and a half ago when they tried this triangle with Dolph. And um, so I just felt like this came out of nowhere. Lashley comes back, and all of a sudden he's got Lana. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Uh, they show him later in the show with Rusev showing up at the restaurant that didn't even look like a restaurant. Uh, Barney Fife cops come out of nowhere, and they can hold Rusev back. Oh, I mean, come on, get real. That'd be like me holding Rusev back. Um, so... I can't make up my mind. I want to like this angle. I want this to go somewhere. I think Rushef and uh, Lashley could have a good match if they really worked it out and um, practiced it a little bit. But right now, I don't even know if I'm on the fence. I, I'm, I'm kind of in a place where I don't care about this angle. I, I don't know what's going on. I'm glad Andrada's back, um, especially with Selena Vega. Um, my thoughts and prayers go out to Andrada. He, he lost his mother, and then a week later, he lost his aunt, and he just needed some time to off to grieve and and to kind of take care of some things i was glad that charlotte who is his real life girlfriend also took some time off to be with him and you know he took care of what he needed to and then he kind of took a little vacation to thank and grieve and now i feel like he's back um vega cut a, a heck of a promo she can talk and I think that during the time that he took off grieving, I think she went to the Performance Center because she is getting better and better and better around the ring. Last week, she did a Hurricanrana, and it looked awesome. This week, she got involved, and I just feel like she's getting better. Um, as far as him taking on Sankara, I... I just don't know. Um, he is too good to be a jobber on Raw. So 
I really almost want to see him go back to NXT and feel like that he can find a place there uh, with him and Finn Balor down there. I could see them getting in into some kind of fight where they both kind of show off their skills. And Sin Cara is very skilled and he can put on a really good match. He is just way too good to be up here at Raw and, and just be another jobber. Let's put him somewhere where he can show off his moves and how good he is. And if you don't want to do that, then then just release him. Let him go to Ring of Honor. Uh, let him go to AAA in Mexico and do his, his luchador stuff. Do something with him because it's not fair what they're doing to him, you know, right now. Um, I know the 24-7 title was USA Network's idea, and I know that it has to stay there. But I wish that it would go to all the TV shows, whether it be Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, or they need to just put it on YouTube. Uh, film YouTube segments throughout the week, uh, on the plane, in the airport, uh, at the hotels, in a car, whatever, and just kind of keep us guessing and then slowly fade it away, or it needs to be on every show, because I just don't think having it happen at Raw on the TV show really is a 24-7 idea. You've got to show it being defended actually 24-7, which is what they were doing, and I don't think that's uh, SmackDown on Fox wants any part of it. Uh, That is not a a sports, and I'm doing my finger quotes, um, idea, so I can't see them really wanting that on their their TV. So I think the 24-7 is, is going to be a USA Network uh, strictly only there, and I think it just would be better served if they would just stick it on YouTube. Now, like I said, I never watched uh, NXT. I don't have the WWE Network, so I did not know the Viking Raiders before they came to WWE before they came to Raw. So their name changes didn't bother me. I know the dirt sheets made a big deal about it. I know that the live crowds, when they introduced them as someone else, you know, they started chanting more. And I know war used to be part of their name. But now they're the Viking Raiders to me, and they look good. Um, WWE is positioning them right. Um, I love their teamwork. I love some of the stunts they do together, uh, how they interact together. I like the Viking um, concept, the character, because that's how they live their real life. They live like Vikings, and so I totally enjoy that. Wish they would film a vignette of them living their real life in the Viking manner. I know that that would probably have to involve Sarah Morgan, who is a husband real life of one of the Viking Raiders, but maybe that's how you bring her back in. I, I don't know if she needs to be a valet or um, 
a manager in order to bring her back in, but but you've got to do something. I can see Viking Raiders uh, continuing with this dominance. You get AOP and Crown Jewel to totally run through the field, and you kind of set up a slow burn to come to WrestleMania, where those two teams just go at it and give them longer than 10 minutes. You know, let's do a 20, 25 minute really wrestling pyre tag team moves match at WrestleMania. And I think the crowd's going to get into it. I think, you know, sides are going to be picked. And I can see a real clash uh, that becomes an instantaneous classic at WrestleMania if done appropriately. Uh, Like I said, you've got to set AOP up right here in Crown Jewel. You've got to have the Viking Raiders continue their win streak and destroying people. And... Don't let them touch. Do not do any matches from here to March between them. Have them talk about each other. Have them going through kind of the same people. Have them maybe talking on Twitter, uh, you know, about each other or cutting promos about each other. Maybe even running into the hallway and saying stuff. But do not do a match with them until WrestleMania and set up that big clash. You know, that's the kind of stuff that that WWE used to do, and it was awesome. You would see stars built up um, matches for three, four months, and cut great promos and run through people and you just wanted them to get together so when they finally did it had this big match feel and they have the opportunity to do it with these two teams so let's let's do that let's uh get a a prediction going and and really do that they bring out Rey Mysterio Ray's injured, you know, um, the dirt sheets have got the rumor going, um, what is Ray going to do, his contract's running out, he's got less than six months going, uh, people are saying that he's trying to cut a deal and uh, put people over as he's leaving, Dominic's going to take his place and that he's going to AAW. Is, is that true? Um what is going on? Because he cut a pretty good promo, uh, you know, talking about Brock, and I just, I don't know what's going on there. I, I can't say enough about Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman is so good at getting the fans sucked in, and then he makes me start caring, and I didn't want to care about this match. Um, I I do not believe, I'm throwing out another prediction, I do not believe that Brock loses in Saudi Arabia to Kane in his first match. I do not believe that Kane will win his very first match to win the championship. 
They're throwing it out there way too much that Kane beat Brock in UCF and left a scar on him and all that garbage. So I cannot see them let Kane do it again. I just can't. Uh, I don't think Brock's going to let it happen. I think that he has too much power in the WWE to allow that to happen. So, you know... I don't know whether there's going to be shenanigans going on that's going to cause a disqualification or going to somehow let Brock win. But I, I say Halloween night, Brock comes out the champion, and I don't know what they're going to do with Kane. I don't know what their plan is with him. I don't even know that Kane has signed a long-term contract. I have read some in the dirt sheets that he has uh, signed a contract but no one knows the length of it. So is it, you know, just for a crown jewel or is it, um, you know, permanent? I heard that Dana White with uh, UC, uh, UFC will not let him perform in the United States. That's the reason why his first match for AAA was in Mexico and why his first match for the WWE is in Saudi Arabia. So, you know, I kind of want to know what's going on there. Now, there were two matches left, and we're going to take a quick break. We're going to discuss those two matches, and then we're going to go through some of the WWE gossips that's going on, and then we're going to call this one good. So you guys get a drink of water and come on right back. Now, earlier, Humberto come through, and he he was watching uh, some stuff on TV, and he kind of cut a little promo about, you know, what was going on, and he mentioned Seth's name. So, Seth Rollins kind of calls him out. He's an up-and-coming star, um, so, you know... Seth comes out and says, let's do this right here, right now. So I felt like, you know, Seth Rollins and, and Umberto was kind of a nice show-off match for Umberto. I felt like Seth didn't really sell very well throughout the match. I felt Humberto done some excellent moves. You could see that he has luchador training. Didn't like his outfit. Felt like he looked like a Power Ranger. But um, just felt like I was constantly waiting for the fame. And I think that that's kind of what they wanted you to do. I think with, you know, Seth kind of always looking around, that's that's what they wanted you to think. Is The Fiend coming out? Is Bray Wyatt going to pop up on the Titan Tron? Um, they made mention that Bray Wyatt was on SmackDown now. And that he had rebuilt the Firefly Flun House, and that he was going to be on this Friday's SmackDown. Um, that made me think, you know, that Bray Wyatt and, and The Fiend right now is probably the hottest thing that WWE has got going for him. And I don't want them to ruin that. So, should Bray Wyatt and The Fiend have been a free agent? 
Should they have not been drafted? Should he have refused to be drafted, saying that no company could control him? Um, I felt like that would have been a better story. Because then that way we would always be wondering, is he going to show up on Raw? Is he going to show up on SmackDown? Is he going to show up on NXT? Where exactly is The Fiend going to be? Where is Bray Wyatt going to be? You know, I think it would be kind of cool for Bray Wyatt to be on SmackDown, but The Fiend be a, a free agent. I think this is something we definitely need to talk about. So again, hit me up on wvovertime at gmail.com. Hit me up on one of the pages. Uh, we are on Anchor. Our podcast is. It has a voicemail message. Shoot me a voicemail. We'll talk about this. Uh, I'll play your message and, and we'll have a discussion on this because I truly believe The Fiend should be a free agent where he can kind of come and go and pop up wherever he pleases. So, to kind of backtrack, I thought that was a good match. Just didn't feel like Seth was selling. Felt like he was just kind of waiting around and that's kind of what, you know, the crowd got what I got. Well, that leads to a gossip section. So wait one more match, and we'll talk about it again. Of course, the main event and the ending match was the Street Profits and the original club. I love the Street Profits' uh, entrance. I like when they go through the crowd. I get excited about that. I, I just think it's for the fans. You know, we are a site and a podcast for the fans, by the fans. And so for the Street Profits just to go up and kind of have a party in the crowd, I loved it. Um, I wasn't sure of them. Like I said, I've never seen them wrestle. Uh, I've only heard their commentary over the last couple weeks. Um, even... I think they've been doing it for about two months now, since SummerSlam almost. Um, They're different commentary. I think they're funny, but I have been wondering, hey, do you guys know how to wrestle? So for the club to come out, like I said, I was expecting the old club, the original club, the Bullet Club. I wanted the New Japan Bullet Club. I wanted AJ and, and Gallows and Anderson to be the guys they were in New Japan. And they're not. And I probably just need to face that. That they're getting older. They... Um, don't maybe want to be those guys anymore, or maybe they do and WWE won't let them. I don't know what the story is. They had a really good basic match uh, where different uh, parts of it, they were showing off different moves. The Street Profits showed off some moves, but I, I was just sitting there waiting for, for some excitement. So I got it. When Kevin Owens' music hits, you know, I'm marked out. I can't help it. Um, I like Kevin Owens. I like, you know, who he is, what his character is, who he stands for. So when he comes out with his cocky attitude, hits the stunner on, on AJ, 
and just turn around and walks back up the stage. I was popping. I couldn't help it. Um, that suited me. Uh, I was like, that's the KO I want. And so that's going to be a great setup for KO versus AJ. Uh, right after that, the match ended. But that's going to start part of our gossip section. Because KO, right after that, um, had an interview on WWE site. Um, you know, Meltzer, Dave Meltzer, ran with it. And KO said, no, I am not part of the Street Profits. No, I'm not the third member. No, I wasn't the mystery member or anything. I just don't like AJ, so I walked out there. He was distracted, hit him with a stunner, and I'm a, I'm done with it. I don't like him. And so I really enjoyed that. Hopefully that's setting up a going to be what's going to be a great battle between them that we're going to get to see over the next couple months. I can see both of them, you know, being put together in Survivor Series and having to work together, but turning on each other to set up, you know, a a match there at the Royal Rumble and it leading to WrestleMania if, if they do it correctly. They're too good not to do that. I still like the idea of the Bullet Club being back together, so somehow, you know, uh, Gallows and Anderson are going to be part of this, but I really like Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles. Now, the ratings, uh, I'm glad that I kind of waited a little bit, so the ratings come in. The first hour got a really decent, it was almost 2.5 million people were watching it. Now, the thing is, they weren't up against anything. They were up against the Jets and the Patriots NFL game. Well, everybody knew that Tom Brady was going to have a field day with the Jets. Um, and there was no World Series baseball game. So they started off with 2.5, and that was an excellent rating for Raw. But then in hour two, they went down to 2.3, and then in the third hour, they went down to 2.1. So their average was 2.3, but I was... I was a little disappointed in the ratings. I was hoping with that low of an NFL game and then no baseball game, I was thinking that they were going to hit closer to 3 million, and they just didn't do it. Uh, a lot of the dirt sheets, a lot of the gossip sites are saying because there were no women on this, there was no women matches, there were no women pre uh, promos, there was nothing to do with the women that that's the reason why ratings were up. Ratings were up 3%. Um, I don't think 3% is a big enough deal to be kicking them off, but um, it, it just really was unusual not to have any women on this Raw show. Uh, one of the gossip sites is saying that there's going to be about a royal at uh, Saudi Arabia Crown Jewel, that they're going to have a lot of the extra wrestlers come in and do a big battle royal. I, I don't know whether that's going to be true or not. I haven't heard anything from kind of a real site such as Dave Meltzler. Uh, Matt Kuhn hasn't said anything about it. Connor Thompson hasn't, hasn't said anything about it. So 
I don't know, Way Keller, he mentioned that it was a gossip item, but he couldn't confirm it. So I don't know if this is truly going to happen. With him having that big tag team tournament to find out who's the best in the world, and then they've got some really big other matches on Halloween night. I don't know about them throwing a battle royal in there, but maybe that's what the Saudis want. But I have a funny feeling that if there turns out to be a battle royal, they're going to bring in some older stars or some older characters to kind of fill it up. Um, I said I would come back to this. Um, with the Humberto and uh, Seth Rollins match, you saw him kind of looking around, looking for the Fiend. Well, what happened was after Raw went off the air and people got settled down, and if they stayed, they had a dark match. The dark match was the Fiend versus Seth Rollins. They lowered a cage, a steel cage, put them in it, and stuck a red light on them. And they took their best shots. Uh, the Fiend did a sister Abigail. Of course, Seth Rollins um, tried to do a pedigree. He hit him with a couple curb stomps. He tried to go out the gate. Um, he tried climbing up the gate. The Fiend got a hold of him. They said that it was a very, very good match, but Seth Rollins won this clean over The Fiend. The Fiend lost, and that was a shock to a lot of people. So are they previewing the kind of moves and the battle that they're going to be doing at Crown Jewel as a dark match? Somebody wrote me earlier and said you could find it on YouTube. I can't find it on YouTube. Um, I didn't, I wasn't 100% sure what to look up. I looked up Dark Match. I looked up WWE Dark Match. I looked up The Fiend. Um, I couldn't find it. So I don't know if it was there earlier and they've taken it down or what's going on. If you find that match, it is the match that happened October 21st. It's a dark match that happened after Raw, and it's The Fiend versus Seth Rollins. It's in a steel cage, and it has a red light. If you find that, email me the link or shoot me the link on WV Overtime uh, Facebook or tweet me at Overtime WV the link because I really want to see that match. Everybody that saw it that was in that actual Cleveland arena said it was awesome and that Seth Rollins won claim, but I want to see it for myself. So if you've got that link, please uh, get that to me somehow. Uh, Fightful Select, they reported that CM Punk did try out for Fox's uh, WWE backstage show that is on FS1 um, on Tuesday nights. It has Booker T and Renee Young on it. And starting next week, we are going to start talking about that a little bit. But CM Punk 
supposedly had this awesome interview. He had this awesome tryout. They actually put him on the stage with Renee Young, showed him a match, and had him comment on it and do some of the show. And he had an excellent tryout, but they kicked it upstairs to the Fox officials and they decided not to offer him a deal which I find amazing because I can't believe that you have the chance to bring CM Punk back to Fox, back to the WWE, and you don't make him a deal. So did he ask for too much money, or did they not even talk to him? I know that CM Punk come out earlier this week and said that he might want to wrestle again. So... I, I don't know what that is causing. Um, a lot of people are saying that if he's going to wrestle again, that he wants to wrestle for AEW because of the way they're running things. But I had always heard through the gossip sheets and the dirt sheets that if he wasn't going to wrestle and he wanted to just do commentary or do a show, that he wanted to go back to the WWE fans. So um, I'm not sure where this sets. I heard him do commentary on some MMA matches, and he was good. He was really good at calling moves, about doing commentary, about talking about uh, what they should have been doing or what they could be thinking. And he really puts you in the mind of a fighter. And I enjoy that. So I really would like to almost hear him do commentary in pro wrestling. But if he wants to come back as a wrestler, hey, I'm all for it. And I am all for him coming back to AEW. And he can come back and make his surprise appearance on October 30th in Charleston, West Virginia, for all I care, because I got tickets. So, um, next one that is in the gossips is that Naomi, who played, or whose real name is Trinity on uh, Total Divas, that Naomi is scheduled to come back October 26th in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I'm not sure how many of you care. She's an excellent athlete that just hasn't been marketed appropriately. Um, her glow-in-the-dark thing I thought was going to catch on, especially when she became champion, but they just didn't give her enough time. And she was kind of lost in the whole Ronda Rousey, the Bellas coming back, um, just... Uh, Lexi Evans coming up, uh, the Charlotte Becky thing going on. Naomi just kind of got lost. She hasn't been seen since July. She put out a statement saying that she needed to get some things together. So if if she comes back on October 26, she's scheduled to wrestle with Natalia against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in Puerto Rico. So hopefully we'll be seeing her on TV sometime soon. Um, what I thought was interesting is the account, the Twitter account, WWE on Fox, they put out a tweet earlier today with a simple request for the fans to stop doing the what chant. 
Last night on on Raw, you heard Rusev get on to the audience for doing the what chant during Jerry Lawyer talking and said that the king was a Hall of Famer and you don't what him. So Fox's Twitter account, uh, the Twitter account WWE on Fox, put out that it, it um, they were to stop doing what chance. Well, within minutes, it was deleted. About an hour later, the same account, WWE on Fox, tweeted another statement stating that the what chant was disrespectful and for them to stop doing it. Well, guess what? It got deleted too. So I find it real unusual that, you know, they put it out twice, they deleted it twice. And if you go there right now, there is no no um, tweet that says anything about it, but people have screenshots of it, and you can find them on different wrestling sites, the the actual um, screenshots of the tweet, and I just find it unusual that Fox was making that decision and then deleted it. I think that they were probably afraid that they were going to stir the crowd up on Friday night even more and make them what everything, so uh, we'll see how that goes. WWE is in Australia right now. Some of you may have heard about that uh, because uh, Xavier Wood from the New Day, he ended up tearing his Achilles tendon. It's hurt pretty bad from what uh, everybody's saying. It's unknown whether he's going to have to have surgery. They are trying to wait for the swelling to go down to get him back to the United States so they can get a better look and possibly do surgery here. If the swelling can't go down, then they're going to have to do the surgery over in Australia. He doesn't want that to happen. But from what everyone is saying on all the dirt sheet sites and all the gossip sites, he is going to be out months. They're not sure whether or not he's going to be back before WrestleMania. Now, at that same show, a couple fans reported that Roman Reigns was injured and that he was seriously injured. That report turned out to be false. He wrestled last night in a different city, and they think that he just had um, a stinger in his shoulder. So he's been medically cleared. Roman Reigns is fine. And then the last uh, item that we want to talk about is people were saying, hey, you know, in the draft, Becky was the number one pick for Raw. We can't believe that she wasn't on Raw last night. Well, let me tell you why. She was chosen to go to the 10th anniversary of Women Plus Sports Summit instead of go, going to Raw. She showed up, she walked the red carpet, and she actually gave a speech at that. And like I said, the 10th anniversary of Women Plus Sport uh, Summit was probably more important than a episode of Raw, and it was important for WWE to actually be there, and they chose Becky to be their spokesperson there, and I don't blame them. However, it is unacceptable that there was no 
women whatsoever on Raw. The only woman you saw on Raw was Charlie and Selena Vega. And neither one of them were, uh, you know, in a wrestling match or anything. I think that's unacceptable. I think we're going backwards. I don't want them doing this. I don't like them going to Saudi Arabia because the women can't go. I have been against it. I haven't watched a Saudi Arabia pay-per-view because of it. I'm not going to watch this one. I'll find out the results later, and we'll talk about them. But I'm not watching it because... The women aren't allowed to go there. Therefore, I don't think the WWE should go there. And had I known that last night's Raw wasn't going to include any women, I probably wouldn't have watched it either. Um, I just, I don't like it. I mean, even if you would have gotten a legend like Lita or Trish or Gail Kim or, or, you know, Mickey James to show up, that would have been fine with me. But they didn't show anybody. So that's going to end our... Uh, um, highlights and gossip for October 21st, 2019. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday night uh, with AEW. They're going to be in Pittsburgh, and it's going to be a heck of a show. John Mox, uh, Moxley is taking on Pac, and I think that's going to be an excellent, excellent match, because I think Kenny Omega is going to get involved. So, you're going to hear the highlights for that, and we're going to call it a night. Do not forget, we are for the fans, by a fan. So, make sure that you hit me up on all of our social media platforms, and uh, we will respond. We'll, we'll read your email, we'll read your tweet, we will read your post online. If you go to Anchor, you can leave us a voice message we'll play it on air um we want you getting involved in our wrestling shows and we want you getting involved period with us we're west virginia overtime and we are working overtime for you for a reason i will see you guys soon thanks